Welcome to Lifehouse Church Online. To know more about our senior pastors, head to the Lifehouse website. We hope you enjoy the service. Good to be in God's house, hey? Does anyone else just sense a real spirit of joy in this place today? Hey, isn't it, isn't it amazing? You know, the Bible talks about us having a joy that is unspeakable and it's full of glory. In other words, we just can't explain it sometimes. And, and I, that's the sense I get here today. Some of you are like, I don't even know why I'm so happy. I should be fully depressed about something. But right now, there is a spirit of joy on your life. And I'm just so thankful for that. It's awesome. I might just put this about here. Can we give our online audience a huge round of applause? There's a lot of people watching. And uh, there's at least 300 of them anyway out there watching all the way over in Perth. They're watching. Isn't that great? It's amazing. Technology, hey? It's great. All right. We are in a series called Finding Purpose in Pain. Is anyone enjoying this? Just unpacking some of these? I didn't ask if you were enjoying pain. I was just asking whether you're enjoying making sense of pain. Because I tell you what, some of you have been through some things. And I know there's a look in your eyes sometimes where... It's just like, God, why? And I just don't quite get it. And it's a very understandable question. But, you know, as we speak about these things, it'll help us. It'll help our friends, our family, because, friends, pain is here to stay. Okay? And if you don't get your head around this, uh, Jesus talked about the second soil, not understanding pain. Well, the Bible called it troubles. And, 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 and Jesus said that because of that, they couldn't, quite work it, they couldn't quite work out why this trouble was coming their way. And Jesus said that they're... Their, their crop failed. It didn't grow. And, and I just want us to be people that are really deep. Amen. Really deep in our faith. Amen. Whether it's good times or it's bad times, we, we can move forward. And I just want to back up a little for those that are in the room, um, even to remind those that were. Um, you know, let's, let's be sure about one thing. Everybody hates pain. Amen. But when you have pain with purpose, it changes everything. People go to the gym expecting to come out. Uh, maybe not in that moment, you know, but a few days later, there is pain in your body, but you're actually rejoicing about that pain because it's got a purpose. It's hopefully, hopefully building some muscle and some strength in your life. We talked about how ladies will endure labor pains. I mean, you know, guys, right? we, we don't get it, do we, guys? No. Make sure you, you know, right? And, but, but, but you'll see a woman go through labor pains three or even four times sometimes five times, because they receive this beautiful baby at the end of it all. So there's a purpose to the pain. And I think what kills us the most is when we don't understand the purpose of it. And let me be very clear, I'm not suggesting for a moment that I would know the purpose behind every pain we experience. But I do believe God does. And, and, and I think the Word of God gives us a glimpse. But if we're expecting here today to understand fully why bad things happen to really beautiful people then we could write a book about it and become multi-millionaires, okay? Um, it's a mystery. But there are some things we can understand about pain. Amen? Are you with me? This is what, even Jesus speaks into this in John chapter 16, verse 21. He says, a woman giving birth to a child has pain because her time has come, but when her baby is born, she forgets the anguish because of her joy that a child is born into the world, right? And I think Jesus is explaining end times, to be honest. He's explaining. Now, who's ready for real, who's, who's up for some really good news? Okay, the world's going to get darker and darker. That's what the Bible tells you. The Bible tells you that, that this world 
will get brighter and brighter as the children of God get brighter and brighter. But the day that this world will actually see the true sunlight is when Jesus Christ comes back to this earth and he rules and reigns. And that's the, until then, guys, we've got to hold on tight. We can live the life. We can be like Jesus. But if you're expecting this smooth ride up until the time that Jesus comes, then you're going to be shocked and you're going to think that you're not a Christian because some bad things have come your way. There's nothing in the Word of God that would say that God's going to cotton wool us the whole time that we are walking with Him. No, Jesus said, in this world, you shall have troubles, right? And that's the part that we don't like, but then He ends it with a promise, but He says, but take heart because I have overcome the world, amen? In other words, He's, he's not going he's, he's to gonna cotton wool us from the trouble, He's going to take us through the trouble, through the pain. Are you with me so far? And so when you think about it, if we were to ask God a question, and I, and I know that this is going to be a really challenging statement, and me even preaching this, it's like, oh, Lord, please protect me. Because sometimes you can make statements as a preacher, and God will test you. Oh, really? You want to talk like that, do you? Let's see how you go. And so I'm very aware that you've got to keep your preaching real, okay? So if we were to all ask God a question, God, why do you allow pain in this world? His resounding deafening voice, his response would say to us, it's because I love you. Well, that doesn't make sense. How could you allow pain in my life because you love me? Well, before I answer that question, I just want to talk to you about a guy called Dr. Paul Brand. Dr. Paul Brand went to India to work in a hospital. And as he went there, he noticed that at the front of the hospital was a whole bunch of lepers. And, and these people, some of you have seen people with leprosy. They, their, their, their digits, their, their fingers and their toes are usually just dwindled down to just nubs and stubs. And, 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 and it, it's terrible what happens to people with leprosy. And this is back in the 50s. And so he, he said, why aren't these people in the hospital? And they said, oh, because if these people went into the hospital, nobody would want to go to the hospital because they, they would be concerned about catching this disease called leprosy. Now, up until that time when Dr. Paul Brand, who was a missionary, a Christian missionary, who, who just wanted to serve people in India, God bless his soul, um, he and his wife Margaret went there. And what they quickly discovered was, up until that time, they thought, up until this time, they thought that leprosy was a flesh-eating bacteria that would dwindle your stubs, your, your, your fingers, and your toes, and your nose, and your ears. That's what they thought it was, that it was a bacteria that would actually become an, a, a, a flesh-eating disease. But what he quickly discovered is that's not the truth. The truth of leprosy is it's a disease that causes all of your nerves to become numb. Basically, it's a disease of not being able to feel pain. And because of that, these people would work in India and they would grab, or in different parts of the world, it's all over the world, people would pick up a hammer, and this is what he discovered one day, a young man picked up a hammer and was working a hammer all day, not realizing there was a nail coming out of the, the handle and completely destroyed his hand because he couldn't feel the pain. And so Dr. Brand and his wife began to help these people to understand 
that you have to take, pay far more attention to yourself than we do because if you and I picked up that hammer, we would immediately experience pain. But that pain is there to stop you from causing real damage to your hand. Real damage. And so he and his wife worked tirelessly. They worked tirelessly to the point where they actually developed a glove that whenever they would, there was unnecessary pressure that, would, that could cause damage to your physical hand, it would send an alarm. It would actually beep. But what they would do is they would actually switch off the alarm and continue to work and then do damage. So then he actually attached an electric shock that would go up their arm and be attached to the back of their neck because that was the last place where you lose feeling. And so what they would then do is get an electric shock every time they were doing something that could potentially hurt their hands. But they would actually unplug it. And they would continue to work. And Dr. Paul Brand made, made this statement. He said, as bad as it is that these lepers are doing that, he says, it, it is my sorrow, he says, if our whole generation were to do that. And they've actually put the other scripture up, the other quote, haven't they? But this is what he actually says. This is what he actually says. He says, I thank God for pain. I cannot think of a greater gift that I could give my leprosy patients. If they could just feel pain, they wouldn't completely destroy their lives. So I'm going to say this to you again. God, why do you allow pain? Because I love you. Because if you didn't feel pain, you would completely destroy your life. And everyone starts clapping around that time. And that's the truth, friends. He wished that these people could feel some pain because if they could feel some pain, it would stop them from experiencing the greater pain. And in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 11, it says, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Everyone say painful. It says later on, I like that part. Everyone say later on though. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. What's the it? Pain. And my question to all of us is, are you allowing yourself to be trained by pain or you, do you just despise it? I'm speaking to myself. Are we allowing the pain that we have experienced? Now, I listen, I know that some of the pain we are talking about here is so devastating. And for some people, it's even terminal. I get it. I understand. But there's a lot of different pain going on in our world, guys. And like I said, I don't know how to explain everything. But one thing I do know is most of the pain that we go through is God allowing it to happen so that we will learn some great lessons and become more like Jesus and behave more like Jesus, to think more like Jesus. The Bible is telling us that pain comes and it's painful. It says, but later on, it's going to produce a harvest if we allow ourselves to be trained by it. Give someone a high five and say, let's get trained by pain. Oh, no, I don't want that. I, came, I, I wanted the church service that everything's going to be okay. But it's not, that's not real life. Because some of you, as you leave this car park, someone's going to cut you off. And there's some pain right there. Okay? And so let's just keep it a little bit real here today. Okay, so what is pain for? Pain is usually trying to tell you something. These lepers didn't have... The pain, their their nerves were not able to experience pain, therefore they caused real damage to themselves. What could pain be possibly trying to teach you right now? Do you know, when I was growing up, 
And some of you probably are experiencing this right now or maybe experience the same thing. I used to, I used to get a lot of headaches. Anyone used, used to, who gets a lot of headaches? Any, a lot of people, yep. I, I used to have a headache every single day to the point where I'd come home, and, and I'm sorry if it's just the truth, I'd come home and I would vomit every day. I would drive home with this blistering headache. And I just thought it was life, to be honest. But my body was trying to tell me something. So I ended up going to see a doctor eventually, eventually. And he says to me, can anyone guess what he said to me? Anyone? Anyone? Um, you drinking water? I went, I drink a coffee. I had a coffee this morning. He goes, no, no, no. Are you drinking at least like a liter or two liters of water every day? I said, no. He said, let's just try that and see what happens. <laughs> Guys, my headaches completely went away. Now, now, let me tell you what I was doing. I was drinking a little bit of water with the two Panadol tablets that I was taking every single day. So what was I doing? My body was saying, I need water. I need it to survive, to keep your kidneys going, to keep your liver clean, to keep your intestines. Are you, sorry, but you know what I'm saying, right? Like You need water as human beings. I wasn't giving it, so my body was sending a pain signal to my brain saying, I need water. It was supposed to be a signal for me to go, I mustn't have had enough water. But no, 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 I ignored it. I ignored it, and I just tried to numb the pain. And that's what we tend to do in life. Instead of... Instead of saying, wow, I'm experiencing pain right now, what could I be, what should I be learning? Instead of what should I be learning, we try and do everything to numb it and keep doing what we were doing. And I did that for at least eight to ten years of my life. The day I started drinking water, my headaches went away. Some of you are really glad you came to church today because I probably helped you, okay? Guys, we need water. But I'm just using that as a really simple, trivial experience of pain to say that my body was trying to tell me something. And I think sometimes we just ignore all the signs, just like the lepers do. Now, they can't help themselves, but ultimately it causes real damage. Some of you, sorry, always got to have a football illustration just for the football people. Um, you know, in a recent Carlton game, uh, there was a lot of pain for me. A lot of pain. No, I'm not talking about... A couple of weeks ago... One of our players, Sam, Sam Walsh, um, he went to go take a mark, well, landed really awkwardly on his ankle, and they showed you the replay. Mate, his foot was twisted up like that. Have you ever done that, right? And then, they, so they take him off the field, and then the commentators have this little conversation, right? They have this little conversation, and you can actually hear in their conversation, they're actually genuinely concerned, and they, and they make this statement, I hope they don't give him the injection, Right? What do they mean by that? Well, they're referring to an NFL player who, in the middle of a Super Bowl, also did his ankle. But because it was such high stakes, what they actually did, this was one of their key quarterbacks, because it was such high stakes, they gave him the painkiller injection to numb the pain. And yes, he finished out the game, but was never able to play NFL ever again because he did so much damage because his body was screaming out, stop, get off me. I'm, I'm ruined down there. You've killed me. But the injection made him think that everything was fine and ultimately ruined his whole career. And you could hear in the commentators' voices, I hope they didn't do that to Sam Walsh. In other words, why would you just give him a pain? Okay, you may lose the game, but let the guy play out his whole career, right? And, and, and I tell you what, I think sometimes heaven screams out, stop with the painkillers. 
Stop with whatever your thinking is numbing you. Stop with the alcohol. Stop with the needing to be with this person or that person. Stop Experience the pain and learn something from it. And let's grow rather than destroy our lives. Yeah, come on. Let's give him a real genuine round of applause. Come on. We have become, we have become, okay, are we ready? This is when Pastor Rich, that was all just a nice introduction. Here it comes, okay? We have become professional pain avoiders. We're professional now. And the biggest culprits are the parents in this room. The parents listening right down the line. We, have, we don't allow our kids to experience pain anymore. And then we wonder why they grow up, they have a little bit of pain come their way, and they don't know how to handle it. They don't know what to do with it. So they get depressed and start taking tablets and medication, some of them even ending their lives because we didn't even let them experience a tiny little bit of pain as they were growing up. Do you know when I was growing up and you were running a race, if you came first, they gave you a medal. If you came last, they mocked you, they laughed at you, they said, what's the matter with you? Get out of here, you crazy lebo. <laughs> Does anyone remember those days? Ah, you came last, you idiot. And I'm like, ah. <laughs> But then for the next two-week holidays, do you know what I did? I started running and getting better. Do you know, true story, by the end of the year, I won the race. I won the race. True story. But these days, you come last, they give them a... Come here, man. Let's give you a big medal. No. What's it called? A participation? No, you didn't participate in anything. You didn't practice, you didn't try, you didn't do anything. All you did is play PlayStation. Come here. Come here. And then they go for a job interview and the guy says, I don't want to. <laughs> what do you mean? You don't want to employ me. I don't want to employ you. You suck. It's horrible. No. No. I don't want to employ you. No. You don't have the right skills. But you can't say that. Yes, I can. I'm not paying you. You're not going to work here. I'm going to go take drugs now. Go take drugs. But you're not working here. I'm a bit fired up this morning. <laughs> Why don't we let pain do its job? Come on. We've become professional pain avoiders now. Seriously. Michael Jordan. Anyone heard of that guy? Michael Jordan. When he went for a tryout at his sophomore year, high school equivalent, they rejected him. You're not good enough, Michael. Get out of here. What did he do? He worked for a whole year, working on his shots, working on his play. The next year, they took him on. But, you know, I have a strange feeling when he went home and told his parents that he didn't make the team, they didn't go, come here, have a, have a, have a participation award. I think they just would have said, get out there and just work harder, son. And he did and became the world's greatest. Come on. Now, I understand we need to be great. Yeah, yeah, come on. We need to be gracious. We need to be loving, Okay. But listen, we're going to stop becoming the type of people that are looking to avoid pain all the time. Now, hear me out here. I'm not looking for pain. But what can pain possibly teach you? The church that I grew up in, and some of you grew up in that same church. You know, sometimes people say to me, now, can I just be a little bit bold? Just a little bit? Just a tiny bit? Is that okay? Just a little bit bold? A little bit? It might, might, might sound like a proud statement, but can I just say it? Are you with me? Pastor Rich, you, leadership comes naturally to you. You seem to just, you know, we know you're not perfect, but it, it does come naturally to you. you. You seem to get things right. You're building a great church. You've got one overseas. You've got more coming. Hey, where, did, where did you learn this stuff? Well, honest answer, I just do the opposite of the leader I was under. 
What do I I mean by that? Man, when I grew up in my church, some of my leaders, seriously, the pain they caused me. What do I do with that? Learn. Whatever they did to me, I will not do to you. Thank God, to be honest, that they were a little bit painful. Because I've seen people that have been under great leadership, and they actually become tyrants, some of them. Because they've never experienced pain. I experienced the pain of being used and abused and being lied to. I've experienced that. And something inside me has gone, I will never do that to Taya. I will never do that to Brittany. I, I, I don't want to be that leader. What taught me? What taught me that? Pain? Pain taught me that. Because I experienced it. I never want to impart that to you. Let pain teach you. Or I could have just said, I was so mistreated. I was supposed to be Christian. I'm going to go become a different religion now. If there's a God, why did... No, or you could just say, he's a human, he got it wrong, but I'm going to try and learn from that and do something a little bit different. Are you with me? I'm, I'm dead serious. Pain is supposed to teach us something. You know what pain does? It develops mercy in your life. Because some of you have been great parents, and yet your kids are not where they should be. And when you see another parent who are in the same situation, you don't judge them, do you? You go, oh, it hurts, doesn't it? But if you haven't experienced the pain of that, you could be in danger of going, maybe you did something wrong though. But when you are those parents, you go, it's hard, isn't it? But come on, we've got to keep believing. Are you allowing pain to teach you anything? And I think that's what the word of God would suggest to us over and over and over again. So I'm going to give you some thank God for the pains. Are you ready? Thank God for the pain of guilt and remorse. You know, everyone's coming to altar call. I just want to get rid of the guilt. No, no, learn from it because you did something wrong. You rip someone off and you're feeling guilty about it. Good. Let it burn you to the point where you go, I will never rip someone off ever again. Amen. Let guilt do its thing in you. Let remorse do its thing in you. Don't be a, don't be a pain avoider. Receive it and go, I can't feel so guilty right now. I did something with my boyfriend. I did something with my girlfriend. It's caused me so much pain. Don't come to an altar call to get rid of the pain. Change your behavior. Let the pain teach you something different. Is this making sense? Everybody's trying to get rid of the pain. No, let the pain change your behavior. Let it do something different in you. Thank God for the, for the pain of fear. Everyone's trying to get rid of fear. No, fear can save you from death. Some, some of you got some, you know what? Fear is not a bad pain sometimes because it's trying to keep you from doing the wrong thing or hurting your life or hurting someone else's life. Thank God for the pain of having no purpose because it makes you chase down purpose. But instead, people have got no purpose. What they do is they take drugs to get some purpose. They go to a nightclub to get purpose. They, no, no, how about allowing no purpose to drive you to your knees and go, God, I will not get off my knees until you start giving me a, a plan and a purpose and tell me what I'm doing with my life, God. Allow pain to do its thing. Thank God for the pain of a tough, critical conversation. For, maybe from your employer. You know, I've got lots of young people on staff at the moment. And I know it kills them sometimes, but I have tough conversations with them. Because better to have the little, yeah, amen. Better to have the little pain of a tough conversation with Pastor Rich than the big pain of being fired. So you should be saying, God, I'm up for it. If my employer needs to have a tough conversation with, with, with me, I'm up for it. I'd rather that than the big pain of telling everyone I got fired. Are, are, are you hearing me? Let pain have its work in you. Now, 
I'm going to say it again. There are some things some of you are going through. I've got no idea what God is trying to teach you through that. I've got no idea. And I'm not even going to pretend I do. Sometimes it's just we live in a sin-sick world and this is not the way God wanted things to be. Amen? But could he still be trying to do something in us? Because you know what freaks me out? There is a beautiful man called the Apostle Paul. And that beautiful man, I mean, let's, let's, let's read it together. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 8 to 10. This is the man of God who raised people from the dead, right? This is what he says. Three, how many times? Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. What's he talking about? He had something going on in his flesh, apparently, pain. Now, we don't really know what it is, to be honest. The Bible doesn't tell us. And I'm glad it doesn't because we can insert our pain right here, Right? He says, three times I begged the Lord to take it away. Has anyone done that lately? Begged the Lord to take away your singleness. Begged the Lord to take away your poverty mentality. Begged the Lord. I don't know what you've been begging the Lord for. But he was begging the Lord for something. And this, this is what Jesus responds. He says, and each time he said, that's Jesus, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now, he says, I am glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure, he says. Oh my, this guy, who is he? I take pleasure, he says, in weaknesses and in the insults and the hardships and the persecution and the troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. When I'm weak, I am strong. More people have found faith in God during pain rather than prosperity. I don't see people coming in here, I need God, I need God, I'm telling you, I need God, why? Man, I just bought my eighth investment property, and I don't know, I just feel like I need, I need, no, that's not how it happens, sorry, I wish it did, but it doesn't, it's usually, my marriage is breaking down, it's usually, I just, I, I'm, I've, I've just filed for bankruptcy, my brother died, I don't, I don't know why, that's why people come to this place, let's be honest, do you reckon God can use pain? Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you know what's funny, though? And this is where we've got to be careful as Christians, okay? But there's a flip side to this, okay? But we sing songs up here where it goes like this. In the crushing, in the pressing, you are making me wine. Sounds great. Beautiful song. Smoke comes out. Keyboard player, right? Lights are on. Are you, do you know what you're saying? Stop for a minute. You're the grape. <laughs> I don't know who you think the grape is. <laughs> you're the little Shiraz grape, buddy. Young lady. That's you. In the crushing. And some of you are trying to do harmonies. And stop doing harmonies. Like, just get those words out of your mouth. God bless you, right? In the pressing. You are making, and that's the truth. You want God to do something new in you? Sometimes it takes a bit of crushing and a bit of pressing. It does. That's, that's the life we live. Is this okay? Are you, are you all right? You're okay out there? We're trying, to, we're trying to make sense of this pain thing at the moment. Some of you are going through the horrendous pain of being rejected. If I had a dollar for every person who was to say to me, I tried to go out with that person, they rejected me. Thank God now. Now, now that I see where they're, what they're doing with their life and who they are, thank God. But in the moment, in the crushing and the pressing, 
That's not much fun there. But do you have enough faith to say that God can make new wine? Can He do something great through the crushing and through the pressing? Are you hearing me? Come on. That's faith, friends. That's faith. You hanging on to God when everything's fantastic, you don't need much faith for that, to be honest. Well, in some ways you do because you still have to learn to lean on God even in your prosperity. You've still got to have this heart that says, God, I don't care how many houses or cars I've got, I still need you. Actually, that's, that, that's a lot of faith, to be honest. But I find a lot of people just, you know, well, she said no, and I'm out of here. And, and I'm not sure about that type of faith. I don't think that faith is real because that's a faith that says, I'm only giving my life to you, Jesus, for what you can do for me. And he would say, do you need me to do more than dying on a cross? And having a crown of thorns on my head and a spear in my side and nails. In, do you need more than that, do you? Isn't that enough? And I'm just believing that there's someone in this room that would say, Jesus, that's enough. Like, that's enough. I'd love a great life too, to be honest. But if all I got was the cross and the resurrection and, and your blood upon my life, if that's all I ever get, Jesus, it's come on, someone. Give him a shout of praise if you're believing that with me. That's more than enough. It's more than enough. His pain, His pain for your salvation. In His crushing, in His pressing, we get to be here. We don't want pain at all. But He experienced it for us. And He says, look, I'm not expecting you to die on a cross to save the world. But can you just experience some pain so that maybe you can become a little bit more like me. Amen. I'm going to go back to the very beginning of this message. God, why do you allow pain? Because I love you. If I didn't allow any pain, your life would be a complete disaster. Some of you are experiencing the pain at the moment of a relationship that's not going where it needs to be. What's God trying to teach you? Because let me tell you what you're about to experience if you don't make some changes. You'll experience the greater pain of divorce. Are you open to it? Or do you just try and numb it by not coming home, by watching the TV and not having conversations? Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying today, guys? Pain is calling out to you make the changes I've got one last scripture for you guys and then we're going to stand up and we're going to worship Jesus through all of this Romans chapter 8 verse 28 you guys are going to you guys are going to read this out with me are you ready are you going to, are you ready for it you're going to, we're going to do it together Romans 8 28 1 2 3 it says and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose for them. I've got a question for you. Does that word everything include pain? And that's the part we've got to get our head around. God's going to use your good times, your bad times, your average times, your mundane times, and He's going to use it all to give you a purpose to give you a plan because he's doing it because he loves us. That's what the Bible says. Are you with me? And so today, 
my hope is this. Can we lift up our heart enough to say to God, God, in all this pain, can you teach me something? Can you help me to not be a pain avoider? Can you help me to be a behavior changer? Mindset change? Can, I, can you change some, something in me, Lord, so that I don't receive the greatest pain? Hi, I'm Richard Gabacchio, pastor of Lifehouse Church. Just wanted to say thank you for listening to this message and I hope and pray that you feel that it's added value to your life. My greatest desire is to see people develop a personal relationship with Jesus, which can begin by praying a very simple prayer. I'm going to pray that prayer right now. And if you'd like to begin that relationship, you can just repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I need you in my life. I choose you as my only hope of being forgiven. Please come into my life and let me begin a relationship with you that will last for all eternity. If you've prayed that prayer, we would love to know about it and celebrate your fantastic decision. You can do that by sending an email to mydecision at lifehouse.com.au. We look forward to hearing from you.